stash. Thanks. I didn't even notice. Looking good. All right, guys, much to talk about today. Dylan Mulvaney has won a Streamy Award for Breakout Creator. Snow White is now going to be delayed, it seems, allegedly. Marsha Gay Harden has three kids that are existing all over the spectrum of sexual orientation, and Meghan Markle might be back on the big screen. Let's talk about it. What's up guys and happy Monday. How you guys doing? Drop it down in the chat below. As always, I'm happy to be here. Taylor is in Nashville. Booper, what's up? Happy Monday. <laughs> and Cam is in the producer's bay. Hey guys, <laughs> just had a mic mishap. Yeah, no. Today, <laughs> we're gonna be talking about the annual Streamies uh, that happens. For those of you who don't know what the Streamies Awards are, they are awards for you guessed it, streamers on any given platform. And it's typically, I think, most associated with YouTube content creators, but the streamies has branched out and now includes, you know, all different types of people from across the spectrum. Uh, and, and most recently, I think big TikTok creators are being recognized at the Streamy Awards. Now, you'll know this TikTok creator probably. Uh, he goes by Dylan Mulvaney, whatever, you know, pronouns you want to use, I guess, put them <laughs> down below in the chat. And Dylan Mulvaney rose to fame and admiration for some, uh, less than admiration for others, with his Days of Girlhood series that he posted on TikTok, detailing his life as a now uh, self-identified girl. Now, the Days of Girlhood series started off with day one being sort of a misogynistic joke about what it means to be a woman. Dylan stated that he said he was fine when he wasn't fine, wrote a strongly worded letter to a company and didn't end up sending it. You know, the, this typical stereotypes, bumped into the curb a hundred times. I'm not sure that he said that, but I'm just going to throw it in there for, for giggles. Uh, now, that series, of course, rose to prominence. I did not hurt uh, the rays of prominence to that series as we were one of the first podcasts to cover Dylan Mulvaney and talk about the ins and outs of the transgender movement on a platform like TikTok. But now Dylan's at the Streamy Awards having one breakout creator. Let's watch the clip. Oh my God. Hi. You know, I'm really shocked because I thought the only award I would ever maybe win was maybe a Tony Award, but now I'm a musical theater gal with a streamy. <laughs> theater TikTok, we made it to the mainstream. Uh, 532 days ago, I made a coming out video that turned into my Days of Girlhood series. And uh, my life has been changed for the better. Um, but on the flip side, there's also been an extreme amount of transphobia and hate. And I know that my community is feeling it. And I now know that even our allies are feeling it. And I look around this room and I just see so many amazing allies that have platforms. And I think allyship right now needs to look differently. And you need to support trans people publicly and, 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 <laughs> and proudly. And I think the trans community and the creator community actually have something in common, and it's that people often underestimate us. But I know that we can stay optimistic about just the future of transness in general, because if we can influence people to buy $22 Air One smoothies, we can also do this. Um, I just, I love you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm gonna go have a beer, and I love ya. Okay, you heard it here first, folks. I'm gonna try, I'm gonna really try here. Let me just compose myself for just a moment. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> First of all, I just love the audacity of like walking up there and being like, you know, the war that I thought I was gonna win is a Tony, but you know, we'll have the streamy and that's really cool. Uh, but, but I digress, we'll leave that for the side. There's this thing with like winning awards in general. It doesn't matter whether it's like the Tonys or the Oscars or the Golden Globes or the Streamies where people go and they get their little trophy uh, for the sake of today's reiteration of this. Mine will be my air conditioning remote controller and they win their trophy and they go, you know what? 
instead of just like thanking people for appreciating the work I'm doing, I'm gonna tell you guys what you need to do better. And I'm gonna tell you guys what movements you need to support or not support and tell you guys how to be better people. And the way that you can be better people is supporting the trans community. Don't mind that I've already like won this massive award, that a ton of other trans women are dominating in women's sports, that they're winning like woman of the year and getting courage and bravery awards and all this other recognition that uh, biological women are now being set aside for. Uh, never mind that. We need to do more because we are in fact underestimated. And to the point of being underestimated, I mean, I, I just have to come out and blatantly challenge the fact that they're underestimated. If we were underestimating you guys, we would think, you know what, actually just compete against the women. You know, go over there, you hop in the swimming pool, Leah Thomas. Go over and, you know, fight fight female UFC fighters if we were truly underestimating you. No, we're not. <laughs> we, we, in fact, know what you're capable of. And the just complete and utter mass manipulation that this individual in particular has managed to achieve. I promise you, you will never be underestimated in what it is that you can accomplish and the wool that you can pull over people's eyes through a movement like this. Um, so... You know, I, I, I saw this coming. It's going to continue to happen. I will bet money right now that a Tony is in the future uh, for Dylan Mulvaney, and that is in the cards. Uh, if not, you know, a whole EGOT for having come out as a trans girl because identifying as a woman was too scary. Um, I'll, I'll call it now. There are many more awards in the future uh, for Dylan Mulvaney, many more controversies in the future for Dylan Mulvaney. And, you know, we're bringing it about, we're talking about it. So it's, it's creating more of an audience and with more of an audience comes more support for this sort of stuff. So a streamy is just the beginning, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I know. Does he almost deserve props for figuring out a, a life hack, a way around the system to, since if you're unable to earn the Tony outright by being a straightforward performer, now you can just identify as a woman and all of a sudden you get all this attention and everything and you get all the awards that and the attention that you've been craving for so long. So, I mean, maybe it's, it's, uh, you know, kudos to, to Dylan for figuring out what society is willing to accommodate these days and to, to allow, you know, we've seen it in, in sports and in other, uh, are, arenas where, the, you can win the woman of the year or athlete of the year award. And just by uh, the courage award we saw with Caitlyn Jenner, the OG, just by, you know, choosing to identify as a woman. So now it's not about whatever domain you're in. Like, you know, we're in the YouTube creator community. We're, we're in that, that world. And uh, when I first heard about this, uh, that Dylan won the breakout award for this year, it was like, wasn't his whole shtick. Didn't that emerge like a little over a year ago? Has he been doing some sort of really new creative initiative that's been pushing the bounds of, you know, new content or doing something just inherently interesting or amazing. No, he's just been doing his shtick for a while and people decided to, you know, give him the nod for this. And yep. you know, that comes at the expense of other people like Mr. Beast is out there curing blindness and stuff. And, you know, but no, you, you were so stunning and brave to do this. So I don't know, definitely rubs me the wrong way. The virtue signal never stops. That's, uh, that's what I know for sure on this one. And I, I'm curious to see just how far it goes, but it's so interesting to tell people whilst winning an award publicly, uh, for, what you've done as a creator that they need to do more publicly as trans allies. I'm like, what more do you want than being on the stage right now holding an award for what you've done as, you know, a trans activist and what you've done for content creation as uh, a, the creator of Days of Girlhood? What more public association, acknowledgement of the movement could you possibly need? I guess it's a Tony. I guess it's a Grammy. I guess it's the whole EGOT is what needs to happen in order for this to uh, come to fruition. And if Dylan Mulvaney was not famous for this, would have been famous for something else. I mean, let's call it right now. If you look through Dylan's history of just like being on TV, the characters, the personas, the Broadway musical theater stuff, there was no way in hell Dylan was not going to be a famous you know, person at, at some point. This is what Dylan's been striving for his entire existence. So... 
I mean, kudos. He did. He found he found the hack. <laughs> he found the hack. Gotta give it to him, I I'm, guess. Yeah. I'm nearly convinced it started out with a joke, as a joke, with how uh truly misogynistic the first day of girlhood was on TikTok. I mean, with all the stereotypes that were being thrown as to what he's doing now that he identifies as a girl, truly convinced it's like a joke that just like sparked fire and uh he just realized that there was something in it. But you can't say that. So strike that from the record. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's just blatant transphobia, Amala. You're not allowed to say any of those things. And you deserve to now be review bombed on your podcast and get lots of hate comments and death threats and all of the above, as we have certainly never seen before from Dylan's audience. But, you know, they'd be justified if they did. Yeah, dude. And I did not I, I did not intend to make Dylan cry when we initially made the podcast about Dylan Mulvaney and what was happening on TikTok. It did happen to be a consequence of creating that TikTok. How real that consequence actually was, we don't know. You know, Dylan is, uh, as as he stated himself, a musical theater actor. How much of that acting is still present in today's time? You be the judge of that. But, uh, yeah, we got many uh, a stormed hate comment after that original podcast came out. And I'm still here, baby. <laughs> Still here. Which, by the way, we haven't plugged this in a while, but our our reviews are like they're they've trended more and more positive since that the great review bomb of 2021 or whenever that was by Dylan's fans. But uh, if you guys have a second, go on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and give us five star review to help dig us out of that hole because there were a lot of nasty, hateful one star reviews of people who had never actually watched the show but saw Dylan cry and came to tell yeah. us that we're transphobes. So help us out, guys. Out there. You know, help us out, guys. <laughs> send us a send us a good review. Um, now speaking of transgenderism, identifying on the spectrum. Uh, you'll recognize this actress maybe, Marsha Gay Harden. I believe she's an Academy Award winner. Now this video has resurfaced, it's actually from May of this year, but we've been talking about this whole celebrity in particular trend of having kids that identify as non-binary or fluid or transgender and uh, the celebrities dressing them up as, you know, said gender. Angelina Jolie has done it. Charlize Theron has does it, done it. Megan Fox has done it. The list goes on. Uh, but we're going to add Marsha Gay Harden to the list. Here's a clip of her talking about her children. What drives me is my children are all queer. My eldest child is non-binary. My son is gay. My youngest um, is uh, fluid. And, you know, they're my kids and I, they teach me every day. Absolutely. Hmm. What are the odds? What are the odds <laughs> that something like this could happen? I'm really trying to like break down just specifically, what are the odds? If you think about how many kids identify as gay, I'm sure the number's gonna be up there, you know? Uh, we could even say, I'll be super generous and say like, let, let's say one in 30 kids. Now, I have some numbers from Jordan Peterson, by the way. He okay. quote tweeted this and said so. Let, let's so hear I it. I can give you his, I don't know where he's getting these, but you know, if you think he's credible as a licensed psychologist, licensed for now, we don't know if Canada is going to take away his license if he doesn't do right. his social media sensitivity training. But his uh, license here's away. what he put it at. Uh, he said for having a gay child, it's one out of 50. Okay. Uh, for having a non-binary, he put out one out of 3,000. Okay. And for gender fluid, one out of 3,000 as well. Okay. So someone responding to him calculated that and it's one out of 450 million. One, so her odds are one out of 450 million, if the math is correct, to have this combination of children. And Marsha Gay Harden just struck. The lightning struck and she happens to have a non-binary child, a gay child, and also a fluid child. And it just, just so happened. Born that way, that's how it happened. Or, <laughs> hear me out, or <laughs> could it be that you as a parent are, you know, predisposing your children to this sort of ideology at a young age and maybe ushering them down the pipeline of identifying as non-binary and fluid and all these other things? Could it possibly be that? Because now that we have all of these other celebrity mothers who have sons dressing up as girls, girls dressing up as boys, how is it that their odds are all mixing together and they're all ending up in this state of leftist celebrity where all of their kids also happen to be doing the same thing. I'm having trouble making the math math. 
it's not well, working. Well, we did the math, but yeah, it's it's not mathing with with reality. But maybe she's just this is just a beautiful, lucky coincidence of nature, and she's just blessed to have these children that are you know born inherently across the gender spectrum with no influence whatsoever from social contagion or the parents. I mean, that's you know, I mean, just as likely, right? Right. It's not, but <laughs> and it's like you try to you know, delve into this a little bit further and go, you know, like, why is it so concentrated in left-leaning areas geographically? Like, why is that a thing that's happening? And the argument that you always get in response to that is, oh, it would be happening in conservative areas if they weren't so transphobic or gender fluid phobic or non-binary phobic, right? And it would be happening at the very same rate, which there are conflicting reports as to like how many children are identifying with this. But some were saying like out of Gen Z, there was one in four, uh, others much higher than that. There were some surveys at college campuses that had upwards of like 25% of students who were identifying as something other than the sex they were assigned at birth as we're calling it these days. So, please, let, let, put the, let's put our thinking caps on because it doesn't make sense that if you just, you know, like let the world run willy nilly that we would have such vast numbers of individuals identifying as non-binary, gender fluid, you know, uh, gender queer, all of these different uh, identities that you can now take on as an individual. And I just don't think that Marsha gay Harden is an accept an, an exception to that general knowledge that I in common sense that I think we we all have but you guys let me know it's it's the same energy of the short that we just posted uh with the parent who was sitting with her child who's in the process of transitioning and is on hormones and she's and she's like four weeks on testosterone you want to give us your you know four weeks on testosterone voice and and the child's just like no not yet. Right. And it's like this painfully awkward, like where the mom's clearly kind of egging on this, this thing happening. People talk about Munchausen's by proxy, but also reminds me of that Disney video that we reacted to a while back. They had the leaked Disney executives on the call. And one of the executives was talking about how she had a pansexual daughter and, you know, a queer and there, we need more queer leads so that in, in our Disney content, so that my children like mine have representation, et cetera, same energy. But that's the interesting breakdown is like how much of this is social contagion from TikTok, places like that. And then the influence of woke parents who are just putting this down on their kids. Yeah. And, and it's going to be hard to ever figure that out and really break it down. But I think we all just have a general feeling uh, that this is exactly what's happening. And we can recognize that this exists at a rate at which it's never existed before. And we can say, oh, it's because people are getting educated about it. It's because we're now having the discussion. Or we can say, yeah, we are now having the discussion, but that discussion is being had in a harmful light for young people that is bringing them down this path of incongruence with their self, or at least the feeling of incongruence with their self. And that's mixing with the general with the general turbulence of youth and like struggling to find out who you are. And when you can just like slap a bandaid on that feeling and say, well, now I identify as X, Y, and Z, and it makes you unique and special and you get a free group of people to now associate with, why wouldn't you do exactly that? It makes total sense. I got that free card when it came to being black and female. And I was like, yoink, I'm gonna take that. <laughs> I'm gonna immediately make this the complete like keystone of who I am as an individual because it gives me like free street cred, free group of people to like associate with a free message to, you know, exploit and use on other people. So why not take that up? Now, speaking of messages of exploitation, did you guys know that you were exploited in your youth every single time you watched Snow White or any Disney film because of the harmful depictions of individuals of different races, backgrounds and women in particular? We all know now, right? because uh, Rachel Zegler made us aware of how anti-feminist the original 1937 Snow White uh, was. And now it seems as though Snow White is expected to be delayed. Much like many other movies and TVs that are joining the list of delayed projects, Snow White is 
presumably going to be added. Now, uh, this was posted on DisneyPlusInformer.com. It says the live-action adaptation of Snow White is currently scheduled to be released globally on March 22, 2024, but new information has come to light to suggest the movie could be delayed. In the latest edition of the Puck newsletter, Matt Baloney, I hope I said his last name right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that's a rough one. Disclosed that the scheduled release for Snow White is likely to change, stating that the project will almost certainly uh, move off of that date. Now, he's a, a former editor of The Hollywood Reporter and is seen to be a credible source. And they think that this might be a mixture of, of course, the SAG after a strike that is happening right now and the general rumblings about how the movie's messaging might not be hitting the mark. Now, if I were Disney, I would be scraping through all of the footage that we've already filmed of this movie and trying to like puzzle piece together a new way <laughs> of shooting this. I'm like, you know, they might have taken the kiss out. Can we CGI Rachel Zegler and the prince kissing so we can go back to the original of what we had? Can we, you know, remake the little seven dwarfs and photoshop them to be actors with dwarfism so we can you know fulfill that request on behalf of the audience i would be trying to just hodgepodge this whole movie back together use some i don't know ai editing tools if you can't get a real editor and bring it back to just a semblance of what the movie used to be. And now they've got extra time due to this strike. Uh, probably no workers, but a little bit of time to marinate on how they can repackage and remarket this film. I, I think it's very much needed. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing all these new technologies are emerging, you know, to be able to re redo uh parts of films without actors with ai and whatnot but i don't i don't really think that disney's gonna put that to use uh Probably this not. time around but you know we one one can dream that they would just take this opportunity to use this extra timeline to just re-engineer the film from the ground up or another smart thing that they could do would be to make like an ai rachel's rachel zegler deep fake rachel zegler and have her do a press conference and where she's talking about how grateful she is to have the opportunity <laughs> to bring this classic story to life and what a humbling experience it is and how uh, they just want to be so true to the source material and steward this opportunity to have one of disney's seminal classic films uh just be brought into this new time and live action and that, that they wouldn't dream of manipulating the story or inserting modern feminist girl boss themes or anything like that they just want to do i mean maybe maybe that'll be out there in the cards well i'm not holding my breath though you know what if nobody's gonna work and they're all on strike hire us disney we can work we, we can you. do a pr miracle for you guys right now we can really turn things around which is so funny right because it's pretty patently obvious to just we can say that in two seconds on this podcast and like they would be so well received and the energy behind this movie would be so like different and they'd actually have a chance at not being a box office failure, but they've put you know, I looked at Disney stock has been cratering um, in recent days and weeks. And I think it's been like back to being flat almost over the past 10 years. So if you invested in Disney, like 10 years ago, you'd have like a hundred dollars. It would be like a hundred, $130 now. Whereas if you invested in Tesla, that'd be like 2000. Um, and it's just because they clearly have lost sight of how, being focused on making good stories and and lost their connection to the audience and making movies for the audience instead of making movies for themselves or whatever their you know political agendas might be yeah i mean here's what their stock looks like in uh 2021 they were at you know around 170 180 usd and currently they're at 84 dollars that's wild. That's wild. And all of this could really, you know, if you just reinvigorated the original message of Disney and that sort of wonder and fairy tale uh, that was once there, maybe that would work out a little bit and that would help your, your overall image and your stock prices, which I know is what they're really concerned about at the end of the day. Disney, every time they release a movie, it seems now, loses hundreds of millions of dollars. So why not just scrap the few hundreds of millions you put into this one right now, run it back, restart it. You know, you could even do a bare bones budget on this one. And so long as you say, we've heard the audience, we're gonna, you know, run it back and we're going to stick to the original message. I bet you'd have 
a fantastic turnout. I bet you get Barbie numbers on that if you just decided we're gonna actually listen to our audience for just a moment. And you know what, we'll, we'll eat the budget costs on this project as they're gonna do in the box office anyways. And uh, we'll redo it because it's crazy. The last eight original Disney releases have lost millions upon millions upon millions of dollars in the box office. So why not just, you know, why not just take the hit on this one? Why not fall on the sword for, for Snow White? Because everybody feels the same way. It's not just like conservative people who are like, I don't really want to watch this anymore. <laughs> it's actually left-leaning individuals who are like, yeah, you took it too far. I actually really love Snow White and I really would have loved that you just stick to, uh, stick to the plot. You know, remember what the story is. Now, speaking of sticking to a plot and really throwing some curveballs in there, I don't know if any of you guys are Riverdale fans. I started watching Riverdale when it first got released, and I believe it plays on the CW. And uh, I got through maybe half of the first season, and I was like, this show is not for me. They're throwing too many elements in here. The writing is leaves much to be desired. I think they have gone off the rails. They threw in like vampires and time travel and you know supernatural stuff into this show that I thought was just going to be about, you know, these four friends in in high school. But they've done a series finale. And the series finale of Riverdale with Betty and Jughead and Archie and Veronica, who if you're familiar with them came from comics back in the day, they've ended up in a polyamorous uh Quadruple. Polycule, I think Polycule? it's Polycule? Is that what it's Wow, thank you for coming in with the, the terminology, Taylor. <laughs> you got to stay up on these, Amal. You don't want to get canceled. Yeah, I was going to call them a quadruple. <laughs> I thought that's... Probably a thing, too, honestly. <laughs> that's probably a thing, too. Probably means something uh, totally different. But yeah, the four of these characters, Betty, Jughead, Archie, and Veronica, in the series finale, it is revealed that they were in a four-person relationship. A polycule, I guess is what we call that. And this shocked much of the audience, but not too much, because Riverdale is known for throwing some crazy, you know s in their show anyways but yeah the four of the men have been in a relationship and you thought you'd think you'd think that the polyamory slash open relationship slash polycule thruple community <laughs> as we know them these days so crazy to think that that's a community but you'd think that they'd be over the moon right this is finally some mainstream representation of polyamorous relationships but no 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 because apparently Riverdale did not do it correctly. And here's a statement from a polyamory organization, which I did not know existed, called Open. And I wonder why it's called Open. But they say, quote, it's frustrating that Riverdale used its character's non-monogamous relationship as a shocking twist, rather than engaging with an authentic portrayal of non-monogamy as simply being part of people's identities. They go on to say, we didn't see or hear anything about why these characters practice non-monogamy, what it means for them, the substance of their relationship agreements and communication practices, or any of the other underlying motivations and work that makes relationships of any type type function. So the poly community was pissed. <laughs> or at least this spokesperson of this polyamory organization was not happy with the polyamorous uh, representation in Riverdale. I'm so sorry. Like, what were they supposed to do? Were they supposed to go through a whole scene where they like talk about the contractual agreement that is their relationship and all the inner workings and they have a therapy session about what they're gonna do if one gets jealous of the other or if Jughead and Archie are making out when Veronica and Betty aren't there? <laughs> I can't deal with this. I can't. I can't. And then you wonder, like, you know, these actors and the writers, all of this, like, protesting and, you know, picket signing and, you know, striking is happening in the background. If this is the writing that you are leaving behind by striking, don't return. Just don't. Just call it a quits. Just take off your Birkenstocks, go home and, you know, watch some old classic timeless films watch the 1937 version of snow white and see where we went wrong and then return you know and, and maybe you'll return to higher pay and better better work and output because one i just don't understand why they decided to go in the direction of a polyamorous relationship for these four individuals maybe it was just for shock factor and maybe the open polyamory organization representative is actually correct in calling them out on this 
Yeah. First of all, clown world. Second of all, I think I might be on the side of the organization here. You know, it's like our sexual identity is not your plot twist type of energy. It it has the same uh, energy as when like JK Rowling was like, oh, by the way, Dumbledore is gay after the books are out and everything. It's like, uh, okay, you know, that would have been, it's like, that wasn't something that you wrote into the character. It feels like you're just trying to slap a virtue signaling bandaid onto something that was otherwise, you know, a story in and of itself. And so if you're going to represent this community or whatever, you should do it in a way that is actually relevant to the story and the plot and not just like slap it on in the last second. So I can see where they're coming from. If that's, you know, where, if that's your lifestyle and that you you care about how you're being represented, you don't want to just be this plot twist or this lazy, to your point, writing thing at the last second to kind of just you know, gin up uh, uh, the excitement at the end of the the series. So yeah. I don't know. I think I side with them a little bit. If you know Riverdale, though, you know they're never putting in anything that's relevant to the plot in this show. <laughs> they, they are never doing anything. I don't anything know Riverdale's full disclosure. Okay. Well, they're never putting in anything that's relevant to the plot. It's all, all, always these like random twists and turns that make absolutely no sense and soliloquies about you know the joy of playing football. Anyways, I'm not going to get into all the Riverdale memes, but. I think art is art. If somebody wants to put in whatever it is that they want in their show, they have full right to do it. You as like a member of said community have no right to like come back and tell them you didn't represent me uh, correctly. What if their goal is not to represent you correctly? What if they actually don't care about representing you correctly? Now you can call them out for it and say, hey, as a polyamorous individual, I wish that this was stated in your show, but they have no obligation to to do that for you in your in their show, uh, creating their shocking twist of four people <laughs> being in a relationship together. I just don't. Is this going to become a mainstream thing where it's like we're going to start seeing polyamorous relationships in our fictional shows like this? Is it? I don't know. Be for real, guys. Uh, we. I don't think we're far away from more you know like we're gonna see as culture goes in that direction i don't think it'll be outlandish you know as we're seeing you said earlier 40 percent of gen z identifies as something other than you know cis straight whatever uh in the world that that's like that then i don't think it'd be a surprise to see more different identities and all that type of stuff shown in films because i guess that would be more true to reality but architect criticism and i think to your point of why until this point uh writing has generally excluded polycules from representation in film is because most people don't live like that and can't relate to it. And it's right. a, this, it's a foreign thing that would be deemed to be something that is better fits a, our, the better fits the world we're living in as a dramatic plot twist than something that is actually a practical, normal way of living that people can relate to. And like we talked about earlier with Snow White, like it's the job of writers to have a connection to the audience and to write things that resonate with them, that portray reality in a, in a believable, somewhat believable way. And that that's entertaining. And that, that, that rings, rings true or rings familiar in some way when you're watching when you're watching it. So in that regard, I, I, side with you in that in that you know maybe this is a little bit overreaction from these people yeah i feel like when you used to see polycules or thruples it would be like when i when i swipe the wrong way on snapchat and suddenly i'm watching those like discovery stories about like these three really strange individuals who like live in the same house and we used to collectively look at stories like this where it's like, we're a, we're a thruple, we're a polycule, or like, our kids have three dads. And we used to be like, that is not healthy, nor is it something that we should, as a society, start pedestalizing and, and saying is a good thing. Now, I'm not saying that Riverdale has done that. To be honest, I have not watched the series finale. I have no intention of watching it. I did watch somebody break it down. But pl- let's please not start making this uh, a thing that we start to pedestalize. And I wouldn't put it, I wouldn't put it, you know, past us, right? We we are starting to give awards to some of the craziest stuff I never thought people were gonna get awards for, like identifying as whatever gender you want or being non-binary or like how many like Pokemon uh, non-binary kids can you collect, right? Gotta catch them all. <laughs> but, if it starts going on with the polycules, if I start seeing the people that I used to see on my Snapchat random story discovery, you know, things, 
and that starts to be something that we're pushing forward. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know. (laughs) One last thought on believability here, by the way. Can we just acknowledge that, generally speaking, when you see people that are involved in these dramatically different sort of lifestyles on TikTok sharing about, that's how I knew someone asked in the chat, like, how did you know about polycule so fast? I'm like, I knew because we have reacted to some of these crazy videos of people explaining their polycule. Right. Can we just acknowledge that the people who are engaged in those types of alternative lifestyles are by and large, not as like attractive and good looking as the people that we're seeing in these major Hollywood productions. It's usually different sort of representation. So that's another just, you know, stretch of believability that we have to get over. I agree. I do concur, doctor. Uh, That is exactly (laughs) what is happening. And I don't know how to stop it, but I want to stop to it. Uh. (laughs) Uh, Now, back into our our Hollywood talks and movies and TV shows that may be coming out. Meghan Markle is apparently in talks with big name directors for an acting comeback and thinks, who thinks Oscars might be in her future. Uh, You know, Meghan Markle. Uh, for her marriage to a one Prince Harry and their whole we want privacy thing that happened uh, that South Park ended up covering their worldwide privacy tour. <laughs> um, and now she might be returning to the big screen. Most notably, she played Rachel in Suits, which y'all, I tried. Okay, Suits was put on Netflix. My boyfriend's been watching Suits. I tried to watch it. I really tried. I tried to sit there and get through a few episodes. That show is not good. And I'm not going to listen to any of you who tell me that that show is good. I have a vendetta against this show now because it actually irks me how many people think Suits is a good show. It's been going on (laughs) around Twitter that this, I just sent you a tweet, but this is from Variety, says the top three most streamed TV shows uh, recorded by Nielsen. Stranger Things, number one, at 27.8 billion minutes. Number two, Suits, with 20.3 billion minutes watched. Which so, it blows my mind. People like I, the show. How this happened, I, this explains everything. This explains everything wrong <laughs> with the current state of movies and TVs that you guys like Suits. I can't. I can't. I'm one of the these... audience right now, do you guys watch Suits? <laughs> Don't do it, guys. Lie. Lie to me. Some of you are saying it's lovely. Some of you are saying it's it's horrible. Others are saying it's good. I just don't see what you see if you think this movie or that show is good. And uh, Meghan Markle is no exception to that. But you know what? I know everybody's on the we hate Meghan Markle train. But if she wants to return to movies and TV and there's an audience for her and a director that wants to cast her and put her in a film, by all means, go ahead and do that. We all know she's better at acting than being real anyways. I had to say it. I'm yeah, so we'll sorry. leave the the redemption arc open, I guess, you know. Like I just for whatever reason, you know, the the guy Ollie London popped in my head. He's he was the trans Korean person who was clearly mm-hmm. just kind of like out there getting a bunch of attention and he somehow has had the biggest career pit of it I've ever seen and become this like breaking news reporter who like is probably right leaning on Twitter and he's always tweeting these videos with inside scoops on things going on in the world and it's kind of like he'll add a little commentary and it's kind of like good stuff and you're like this is so weird because I know you as this crazy kind of troll person and then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you're doing something good so I don't know maybe Megan Markle can pull a rabbit out of a hat and redeem her career you know what I'm I'm here for it you know people should be able to uh pursue their passions or whatever and if Meghan Markle wants to be in a dramatic film role and she wants to go and win an Oscar go for it you know if people are there for that and people want to see it then by all means Meghan Markle follow your dreams girl <laughs> you'll be relieved to know Amala that uh, 83% of the audience says no they don't watch or like suits and only 17% do <sighs> my people thank you Thank you for congregating today for this uh, <laughs> this mission that I didn't know I was on until I watched Suits and, and saw how many people. And I don't know if you guys are relying on the poll just to, you know, placate, but I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate it. I want Suits off of Netflix. <laughs> um, okay, lastly, this is not in Hollywood news. I just want to show this video that has been going viral on uh, Twitter in particular. And this is posted by Jack Poe. So it says tribal rangers uh, truck in Nevada 
rammed a climate change group blocking the road and mass arrested all of them. Now, we are no stranger to covering some of these climate protests that are happening all over the world. I was recently in London and there were a lot of signs for the whole Just Stop Oil group who loves to block traffic, annoy people, vandalize buildings, you know, super glue their hands to the concrete and throw soup at paintings. A lot of different stuff happening in the climate activism group. Probably one of the uh, looniest group of activists that we have in terms of the lengths that they will go to in order to promote their message. The only interesting thing is that their message is lost in the fact that they're throwing soup at Van Gogh's paintings and super gluing themselves to, uh, you know, the concrete. If I was trying, and let's truly think about this, and think about this yourself, put yourself in the place of these people. If you were trying to convince people of a world catastrophe that would end everybody's lives if there wasn't something done about it, would you super glue yourself to a busy road? Would that be the way, the way to do it? Is that the way that you exclaim, I am not crazy, please listen to my scientific knowledge? Super gluing yourself to a, you know, to a road or a Starbucks counter or to a Van Gogh painting? Probably not. In fact, I think it makes you look a little crazier than you actually, you know, might be. I think it reinforces the sort of mad scientist vibe that a lot of these client activists, climate activists give off. And maybe they should sit down as a group, have a little meeting where they talk about what is the best way to reinvigorate our messaging on this. And one of those ways that they should strike off the list is blocking busy roads. Here's the clip. This is a state route. Everybody will be arrested if not. 30 seconds. Send your leader to my vehicle. Let's talk. Get off the fucking road. Language warning. <laughs> So they're blocking the road. Look at all those cars. Look at that entire road. It goes all the way back and you can see probably back into the mountains of people just trying to cross the road. And for who knows what, right? There is any number of emergencies that could be happening on, on this road that people know nothing about. I, I think this in particular might have been people trying to get to a music festival, I think for Burning Man, but I'm not positive. Don't quote That's what me I on heard that. About this clip, yeah. Okay. But mixed in people who are trying to, I don't know, go smoke weed out in the middle of the desert could be any number of emergencies or people trying to get somewhere that they need to be. Just trying to get to work, trying to get home, people who are trying to lead their lives, and you have the audacity to block the road. I'm going to take all of you out. You better move. Now, could this have been handled maybe better on behalf of the police? I'm inclined to believe so. I think they could have, you know, pulled their car up, got out, hitched the trailer and moved it and been, you know, not have damaged presumably police property in the in the mix of all of this. But it happened the way it happened. Okay. Then I was like, maybe he shouldn't have pulled a gun right after getting out of the car, but it does seem like they were under the impression that somebody here who was protesting did have a weapon of, of some sort. So uh, that seems to be what was said in the background. But you know what? If you're going to go and block the road like this, I get that we allow for like peaceful protests and, and all that stuff. And uh, I think the police officers could have handled this a little bit better and just moving them in probably what would have been a safer manner. But also I'm glad that people could could get where they're going. I have to think, and I think we should all place ourselves in the position of this being a movement that we do support. 
and uh, thinking of what is what is a movement that you would see people blocking the road and not really think anything of it. The first thing that comes to mind is the whole freedom convoy thing that happened in uh, during COVID, uh, particularly in Canada, where roads were being blocked by protesters, which presumably means if somebody was in the state of an emergency and needed to get somewhere, there would be people blocking that way. Now, when I think back on that, I was overwhelmed with the emotions of, uh, you know, they're doing the right thing. They're protesting for something. They're using their right to do that. But also you probably shouldn't block roads to, uh, that allow people to get to where they need to go uh, and presumably get medical care or just go to work and do what they need to do. So I said that back then, take it back. I do in fact, take it back. I think, uh, you should be moved out from the area. It doesn't mean that you cannot still use your message. They can stand on the side of the road and still hold their same signs. And guess what? More people are gonna see it because more people are gonna be able to cross the damn road. <laughs> um, and whether or not you like the way that the police handled the situation, I think overwhelmingly people m may have been overjoyed to see some climate activists be pushed to the side. <laughs> sure, and at the very least, it's a risk you take, right? When you're doing this, with this type of protest, you're taking on the risk of being forcibly removed from the road if you're going out there and blocking it. And you, know, you heard homegirl screaming like, we're nonviolent, we're nonviolent. And that's true, but just because you're not hitting someone over the head in your activism or throwing bricks at police or something like that is doesn't necessarily mean that there's no harm being done by your protests. And so, like you said, if someone's if a pregnant woman is trying to get to the hospital to have her baby, if someone's trying to catch their flight to something, to a funeral or something like that, and right. you're, just because of your selfishness, they're not going to be able to to do that or get the care that they need or whatever it may be, if there's a medical emergency, et cetera. So obviously it's, it's a very annoying form of protest and protest inherently, you're doing things that are outside the norm to gain attention, um, but to do something like this and then just expect everyone to just sit there and like listen to you harp about the climate or whatever it is, is an unrealistic thing. And I think it's good riddance that uh, the police remove them. Like you said, maybe they, they overstepped their bounds, didn't handle it perfectly, but I honestly don't really have a problem with the these people being forcibly removed and it is kind of a breath of fresh air after you see <laughs> see these types of people running roughshod uh, all over paintings and Starbucks countertops and the like <laughs> throughout the world. So yeah, good to see a video go viral with people actually with it actually being handled. Yeah, and I do think even with the, the Freedom Convoy, as some of you reminded me in the, the chat down below, that there were articles that said the truckers had made way for emergency vehicles and allowed people to like get through. Now, of course, you'll never know. Like This was happening on a really large scale. There could have been people trying to get to places that they couldn't get to. And I think there were um, left-leaning individuals during the whole COVID-19 thing that did complain about exactly that. So who will ever have the true facts on what happened there? I don't know. But if you're going to do something like this, like you need to take into account the amount of lives that you are disrupting and just how you could be disrupting them. I've seen videos of these climate activists being confronted by people in so many different ways. Like one was a pregnant woman trying to get to the hospital and they came out and just dragged the activists out of the street, which kudos to them for doing that. Another one was a guy who had to get to work because he's on parole. And if he doesn't make it to yeah. work on time, his parole officer is going to be alerted. And what did he do? He dragged them out of the streets so that he could get to work so he didn't get in trouble with his parole officer. And I still think he got arrested for having done that, which is just crazy to me. Like, if you are going to hinder somebody's life in that way with a complete and utter disregard for what's going on, you should get dragged out of the street. <laughs> you really yeah. should. And to the cops credit as well, like I saw a video, uh, I think just yesterday on Twitter of another similar protest. And th this time there was a guy in his car who was refusing to stop and was starting to run over. He was going at a really slow speed. So it was just kind of like, get out of the way. I'm not going to stop. But if the cops don't intervene, then you're leaving it up to everyday people and who are going to be angry, who are going to be facing all sorts of situations to resolve the situation on themselves. If you abdicate that to everyday people, now you're opening up the door to vigilante justice or, and people being aggressive, people acting out of a rage or emotion, and now more harm could potentially be done. So I think that's another tip, uh, a feather in the cap of the cops in this situation that they need to step in so that people don't have to, everyday people don't have to. Yeah. And I mean, kudos, they came in, they took care of the situation. And I think everybody who was trying to get where they're going got to where they were going. And I think we're going to see many more videos like this as they up the ante on these climate protests. So... Here's to more climate activists being moved out of the road. 
Hear ye. Hear Hurrah. Okay, guys, let's get into super chats for today. I want to hear from you guys, see what you got to say. <laughs> All righty. Our first super chat today is from Must Pavlov Dogs, uh, a regular here. Yeah. My favorite commenter name so far. See if you can beat her. Um, but says, went through my Facebook history and found stuff from my woke days. Yikes. Instead of deleting, I changed the audience to only me to keep them for when I need a laugh or when my self-esteem gets too high. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I have a folder on my in my phone that says like old lefty stuff. And it's like old photos. of me. <laughs> I only have a few. There's only like three of them because I've like... I, I don't have like any documentation or photos of just like so many things that happened like prior to 2020. But uh, yeah, I also have said leftist photos. I was going to say it would be a great Fringe. episode if you had some old uh, woke social media posts or something that we could react to. I think show. you guys sure have already, I don't have woke social media posts. I just have pictures and I think you guys have already seen all of them in like other content that we've created. So sorry, the bandaid has been ripped off in that sense. Alas. <laughs> Um, Alex Santea says, Hey there, gang. Have you guys been following the Maui fire story? The media isn't really covering it. And now the Hawaii power company was seen cleaning up evidence of downed power lines. Real sus. The only reason I have not talked about that is because there was so many conflicting reports from so many different people about what happened. People were saying like the power lines fell. No, it was like a government laser. Others were saying it happened in like a bird sanctuary in the middle of the night. And people were saying that the water was turned off. Others were saying they're not. They said the emergency sirens weren't turned on, but then there was an explanation for as to why they said they didn't do it. And then different conflicting reports from people who were actually on the ground in Maui. Uh, but I, I'm curious to to know if you guys want us to do a whole episode on that. You let us know. I'm willing to like dive into the, the rabbit hole and see what we can drum up. I certainly saw uh, Joe Biden go to Maui and how he was received by the locals there. Plus him like falling asleep and the jokes that he made during his little speech to honor the victims. Wild. And the fact that that did not get more press blows my mind. Sus. Indeed. Uh, James Kim says, all I remember for his achievement is costing a company millions. Probably referring to Dylan Mulvaney and Bud Light. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Worst marketing sponsorship to ever happen award <laughs> goes to. <laughs> Shouldn't have been breakout creator. Should have been breakdown creator because he broke down Anheuser-Busch, brought down the number one beer brand in the world. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that would have been good. That is so crazy. They will never recover. And no. it's just one thing. It's amazing. Yeah, I get, I imagine they've got to get years under under this to like to ever bring back that beer in the same image that it once had. Can't say I'm spilling any tears over it. <laughs> uh Randy V says, I love how Dylan Mulvaney said he will have a beer at the end of his speech. I can bet that I can bet money that he will have a low alcohol tolerance after one beer. Bud Light should be renamed beta trans light as it's cheap and betas are cheap yeah well we know he had to make the old the old wink and nod to all of the the controversy which it's really masterful guys it's really masterful this is a pr and marketing case study that needs to be looked at by students for decades to come in how dylan mulvaney manages to to amass such fame really should be looked at i could do a whole critique of why it's literally masterful yeah, maybe we should do the do the Amala put on the marketing instructor uh, <laughs> cap for an episode. One of these days. <laughs> do you guys remember my take on this, which is Bud Light and Dylan Mulvaney deserve each other because Dylan Mulvaney is to womanhood what Bud Light is to beer. So <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Cornell seven 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 says hello. I have a big question: How many transgender we have on this rock? rock on Earth. Energy? Maybe or maybe Earth or maybe on the podcast. I'm not um, sure. Not on the podcast that I know of, unless Cam or Taylor has something to tell me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> unless they want to pull like a Chris from Mr. Beast on me. Uh, and that'll be really interesting to deal with. Uh, <laughs> but on this, my wife. on this green That's Earth, fine. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I know Cam's got the stash now, too. So he's extra masculine I'm, these days. I'm really trying to cover it up. Yeah. I'm like, OK, if either of you did that to me, you're fired. I, I have no power to fire you, but also you're fired. I'm so sorry. Discrimination lawsuit incoming. Transphobia would be 
I'd be a victim number one. Right. Uh, let's see. K. Brianne Johnson says, caught you guys live. Question, if I if you could live anywhere in the world without price being a problem, where would it be? Oh, my yes, goodness. Yes, you guys are awesome. I don't know. I actually don't have an answer to that. I am so sorry. I wish I did. Yeah, that's tough. I, I just moved to Nashville from L.A. Um, about a little less than a year ago, and my wife and I are super happy here. So uh, for this season... I'm very content, but I'd probably pick somewhere like France and maybe like summers in Norway after I went there. And it's kind of an ancestral homeland. I love it there. Okay. So, uh, yeah, no, that's a good answer. I don't know. I feel like I would just have multiple places. If I was rich, I would just have multiple places in different areas and just like travel around for, you know, months at a time. Just whip. But you know what? I, as much as I dislike L.A., if you're like rich in L.A., you're living pretty good. Like you can do anything at any given moment. Uh, you can like surf and then ski or whatever. And there's like so much to do here. If you're rich and have the means to just like make yourself safe in L.A., it's a pretty dope place to live. But, you know, who has the means for that? Uh, yeah, Amelie, I've watched her change. I remember when she rolled up, we did that vlog going to Hollywood and seeing the expectation <laughs> versus reality of how it'd be all glamorous. And I was like, y'all was... literally bamboozled me with this job. I need to go back home. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go back and home. And then I come in the studio the other day and she's sitting there eating fruit leather. And I'm like, this is the most LA thing I've ever I seen. I literally have it right here. From like some specialty place. It's pomegranate fruit leather, okay? Because I'm a fruit roll up queen, but it's not good for you. I don't want a bunch of like red 40 in my bloodstream slowly no. giving me cancer okay so you're 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 drinking the arowan 20 dollars arowan milkshakes that are smoothies that uh, dylan was talking about wow <laughs> i've yet to be kidding. influenced in that direction yeah she don't like that y'all arowan is too bougie it really is yeah uh let's see ty oran says amala had you watched the 2015 live action cinderella you should take a look it's Which how a live that? action should be done. Is one that... of my favorite movies of all time. Is that the one with Lily? Cinderella. Uh, let's see. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, so I'm with Lily James. I, I think I've seen this, but not recently enough to remember what happened. But every time that we talk about Cinderella and like all the different remakes that have been made of Cinderella, you guys say that 2015 is your favorite and i think they did stay true and i do love richard madden from game of thrones of course so yeah uh i have heard good things about that film and i think i've seen it so there you go uh alex again mm -hmm. says guys i hope they don't fix the snow white movie so that it bombs and hopefully they lose tons of money disney needs to be the next budweiser yeah i mean they're on the right track they're on the right track with literally everything they've done so far except for the little mermaid uh and we'll see I don't think we're going to get any good original content for them from them for quite some time. Yeah, I've heard stuff that like maybe Apple was considering buying them or mm -hmm. something like that, you know, but we'll see. We'll see. Whoever will turn it around, I'm I'm down for. Uh Alex again says, "Taylor, how'd you know the word polycule so quickly? I don't know, it sounds real <laughs> sus, bro. Even Amla didn't know that word." <laughs> I said, "It's cuz we've reacted to all these crazy TikToks of these very unattractive people explaining their polycule and that it's usually true. like one extremely domineering like female personality who has several beta guys associated with her and then one other random girl who's probably got some trauma she's overcoming as well it's just a not a great look it's but anyways that's how i knew daddy and mommy issues yeah. the perfect combination uh not to say that you know there aren't attractive people out there who are in these you know and enjoying their lives but Anyway, that's what I've seen. I do Probably question what it. I've seen. Right? I do question it. <laughs> uh, look at me being the more uh, moderate one in that case. I'm almost like, oh, forget y'all. So crazy. <laughs> Arietta just sends a super chat, no message. Thank you. Julie Kring says, well, wait, LOL. Dylan Def has big Kenneth Copeland energy. The more I think about it, would love to put them in a room together just to see what happens. I don't know who that is. He's a prosperity preacher televangelist uh, who has a bunch of airplanes and talks about. <gasps> I do know what gospel. he who he is. Yeah. He's got those eyes that, like, when you look into them, you feel like you are drowning, and not yeah, in the good, not in the good way. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've seen videos of him where he's like getting confronted, like, "Why do you own so many planes? Why do you own so many planes?" And he just like smiles and goes about his business. Personally, not Crazy a fan. Eyes. But they're saying Dylan looks in the thumbnail looks like him which is interesting. 
They have that same, <laughs> that's that same I gotcha smile. You know what I mean? I gotcha, now I'm rich smile. Mm. Ooh, the grift same. is real. The grift dies. Uh, Casey McGregor says, hey guys, big fan of the show as a former leftist. Those are my favorite comments. Great to Yeah, those have are awesome. You. Yeah, welcome. Uh, Viv Dives says, as someone who works in that environmental field, those people make our jobs so much harder and so embarrassing and definitely not helping achieve change. It's actually hilarious because they're like, you're all these emissions that like cars are putting out into the world or whatever. And then you're literally stopping traffic. So cars have to run longer and just sit on the road running. So it's really, really great. There was another one where they were like burning tires and saying like the carbon emissions or whatever, which actively emits harmful chemicals into the air. It's just amazing uh, what what these people do that is in complete incongruence with their message. What they should be doing is going to the runway at the airport at Davos, where there is a <laughs> traffic jam of private jets from all the right. rich people who are trying to institute global communism on all of us. Right. You go sit in front of that tarmac and block that road. You'll actually save a lot of CO2. Yeah. <laughs> um, but people driving on a rural road in Las Vegas, I don't, I don't think that they deserve that. Right. Right. Anyways. Not a prime uh, target. <laughs> Let's see, Ali, uh, this is Casey McGregor again. Big fan of the show, love from Portland, Oregon. Amala, when are you gonna come to PSU or University of Portland? I would love to see a debate in person. I have a feeling I would not be well received there, but as soon as somebody invites me, uh, I'd be willing to go. I'm always down to go to a new university and speak and see what people have got to say. <laughs> Even though it's always the same arguments, but I'll go, I'll, I'll still stick it out. I'm feeling like a 2024 university tour. Amala goes to a few spots around the country and we host some talks and debates. I think that'd be dope. Yeah, it'd be fun. Hit me up. Those those clips always go viral, so it's good content as well <laughs> for the rest of you. <laughs> I'm like selfishly like, <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, Alexandra Smith says, keep the protesting out of the roads. Can't say I'd be inspired to promote anyone's passion or beliefs after being stuck in a long traffic jam. Yeah, you're going to be like, dude, I didn't understand how catastrophic climate change really was until these stupid climate activists sat in the road and blocked me from being able to get to work. That's when I really understood how serious the issue is. No, it's not going to work. It's not going to happen. Literally nobody. Pill moment. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I now have a green thumb because these guys blocked me from going to work. Not the most brilliant marketing strategy for your yeah, cause. Yeah, uh, AV just sends a super chat, no message. Thank you, AV. And Alex again says, Amala, what we need is one episode of you back in the Afro sounding like a leftist for the whole show so we can see just how far you've changed. Oh, gosh. Do like, what, what doesn't Steven Crowder do that where he acts like a leftist? Mm. Maybe one of these days. I used to do Devil's Advocate, which was kind of like me taking yeah, putting the yeah, left hat back. back on maybe we should bring Did it back put that in the chat if you guys like that segment if you remember it you should bring yeah. it back i thought you guys found it boring so we never really did it again but if you guys <laughs> want devil's advocate let me know uh let's see ty Oran again says i was going to move to la this fall to pursue a career in entertainment the writer strike has sort of dried up a lot of jobs what's your take yeah i mean it's probably not the best time i have friends that do that work in hollywood or whatever and act and do stunts and stuff and no work no work to be had at the moment or at least not very uh not big work at least given the state of things yeah it's tough but Start yeah. content creating, we, though. Yeah, we certainly need good writing. Yep. And, you know, they're, like Amala said, I haven't seen anything in recent years that's like these people deserve to be paid a lot more. Yeah. Uh, but if you want to come out here and that's your dream and your gift and uh, you're good at it, maybe wait till the, the strike's over. Um, but, uh, yeah, come out and start uh, lifting up this yeah. hurting industry. If you don't like the industry, become the industry. Like, start doing independent work and, like, making your own stuff, even if it's just on your iPhone. It's just crazy what you can do with content creation these days. And if you have, like, a voice that people like, it will it will carry. 100%. Uh, last one I see is Noah Mulche says, we need to get Amala a streamy, and Dylan will be paying to see it, and Amala would go up there, <laughs> and all of us cheering. It would be great. <laughs> I'm like, do I want an award from this institution that does such things? Is the goal a streamy anymore or anything like that? I don't know how I feel about it with everything that happens on these platforms, man. 
Uh, well, I, fight I the man, before, man. Sarah, you said you said they would never do it. They would never. No, it would just never happen. It would never happen. You would think like a Brett Cooper or something would be up there to win an award because, you know, duh, look at the amount of growth. Yeah. Like speaking of a breakout creator and actually within the last year, but they won't do it because the messaging is not proper. It's just like with the Oscars and, you know, the Golden Globes and Grammys or whatever. It's more politics than anything like, you know, so I doubt that will ever be in the cards and that's okay. One more here at the last minute at the buzzer. Gary Forge says, I cannot understand for the life of me how Dylan Mulvaney is staying in the news. I guess we're not helping today. Sorry about that. Pure grit, tenacity, and virtue signaling, guys. That is the formula. If you're ever wondering how can I get famous and do it now, you have to find the marginalized community that's for you. If you call now, I'll tell you the marginalized community for mm-hmm. you. <laughs> and how to how to make it. We got another one here from Nikki McGaw, who says, I am uncomfortable with how truly worried I am about the dangers of AI. I feel it's truly going to be an issue in my children's lives. How do you feel? Um, I'm a mixture. I think it needs to be highly regulated. I think that's, and if we don't achieve that, then it most definitely will become a problem um, and we should definitely look into doing that at the fullest extent possible but it also gives way to like so much creativity and so much to be done and so much so many of the, the tedious tasks that we do as human beings in our daily lives uh, it can lift a lot of that so I don't want to fail to recognize the innovative aspect of it in worrying solely about the dangers I think it's a mixture of good and bad and we need to Regulate it and hopefully that is done because right now it's being used in a lot of good ways and in a lot of nefarious ways and we need to identify both camps and figure out how we can boost one and get rid of the other. Another from Alex says, hey gang, you guys need to get on Trump's mugshot merch and transform it into the thug shot, lol, just saying. I've seen this, but I don't think they need our help. That mugshot has been everywhere. I literally morphed my face into it on my Instagram story. You guys can see that. Um, But yeah, I don't think they need our help with getting that mugshot uh, to be seen by more people. I think, the, I think I like he's the doing term just thug all shot, right. though. That's a good, uh, yeah. you, should, you should patent that and get a kick yeah. every time someone says it. Yes, you should. And guys, that is our show for today. Thank you so much for watching. We really appreciate it. Uh, We appreciate your super chats, your comments, and just your general attendance to the show. And thank you so much for watching. Drop your comments down below about how you feel about all the issues we covered today. We talked about Dylan Mulvaney winning a streamy for Breakout Creator. We talked about Snow White possibly being delayed by the SAG-AFTRA strike and all of the different complaints from the audience. We talked about Riverdale ending in a polycule quadruple relationship. Meghan Markle may be returning to the big screen and climate activists being moved out of the road. Let me know how you feel about it. If you disagree with something I said, drop it in the comments down below. As always, I encourage healthy debate, so duke it out, but do so respectfully. And we're live Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, so don't miss out. Plus, we post every single day. Tomorrow, I have a really interesting, I think, video coming out, and I'll, I'll tease it. Child stars something that we'll be discussing in that video. Guys, thank you so much for watching. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye.